Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for joining us here on the show and pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. When I started this podcast four and a half years ago, my entire idea was to expose myself and the people who listen to a whole bunch of new ideas. And I think if I have lived up to anything that I've ever done, it is that I think we're providing some sort of value because more people are tuning in and listening. So if this is the first time that you've ever checked out an episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I want to say thank you. My name is Tom Singer, and I make my living as a professional speaker and master of ceremonies. I go into large association groups uh, or companies for training or team meetings, and I have the opportunity to share a lot of thoughts and ideas with people. And so much of it comes from what I have learned from hosting this show. In the last four years, everything that I do has transformed because I have been able to just sit here and listen to the nearly 400 people who I have interviewed who share ideas. Now, in 2019, I I flipped the show up a little bit. My Tuesday episodes are usually just me coming and sharing something that I'm observing in my own business or in the world. And on Thursdays, I am releasing interviews with really cool people. You have to go back one episode to episode 431, uh, which released just a few days ago, last Thursday, and listen to the episode that I did with Rob from the Austin Technology Council. Now, the first Thursday of every month, I am now co-producing my show in conjunction with the Austin Technology Council, and I am going to be bringing you interviews with really cool people from companies that are right here in my hometown of Austin. And that interview was great. Rob was just really smart, and he was really he really opened up and shared some things that I don't think he normally did, and that's the type of of, of information that comes out when people just sort of crack the egg and let everything flow forward. That's when all of us can learn. So please, if, if you're new to the show, check out that episode. There's 430 other episodes before that, that you can go and check out. But most importantly, please come back and jump over to iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or heck, wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the show. And if you're so inclined, jump over and leave a review. New reviews about the show, well, it just makes me happy because, you know, it's so simple when somebody says, hey, I like the work that you're doing. So today's show, I want to talk about trying something new. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that one of the the tenets of everything that I teach is try new things. It has changed my entire world. When I turned 50 years old, I made a decision that I was no longer just going to take the easy path. I wasn't going to just do the things that people expected of me, but I was going to try new things. And I made a commitment to myself that I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. Well, I'm two and a half years into that whole experiment, and we're headed the right direction. Now, it's not cake and gravy every single day, but uh, a lot of things have changed for me and have changed for the better, and I I don't get as upset about stuff. And and I realize that this whole concept of trying new things and pushing myself, and I mean, I've done things like jumped off the Stratosphere Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm kind of a city guy. I've been to Yosemite and the Grand Canyon in the last couple of years. I'm planning to take six months off when my daughter graduates from college. Now, I want to clarify that. I have two daughters. One is about to graduate from college in three months. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about my high school age daughter. 
when she graduates from college, I'm going to take six months off and she and I are going to together hike the Appalachian Trail. Now, if you knew me 10 years ago, this would never have been something you would have thought I would ever have attempted, much less gotten excited about and set up a six-year trajectory to be able to go and do it. But that's the whole idea, is trying something new that can change your entire perspective. So last week, I wrote an article that came out in the February issue of Meeting Professional Magazine. Uh, it's the magazine that is published by Meeting Professionals International, MPI. If you work in the meetings business, uh, that is one of the organizations that you should know about uh, because it's a great place for you to network and gain unparalleled uh, information uh, for those of us who work in and around the business of meetings. And as a professional speaker, I'm part of the meetings business. Sometimes people forget that uh, it's not just meeting planners who are meeting professionals, but it's the vendors, it's the hoteliers, it's the transportation people. Meetings don't happen by accident. There is a lot of work that goes into it. So I've been a longtime supporter of MPI, and about once or twice a year, their editor asks me to write an article. And this time I was asked to write an article about uh, something that happened with one of my clients. So about a year and a half ago, one of my repeat clients, a large association, the National Tour Association, came to me and said, we want to try something new. Well, my ears perked up because I even sell t-shirts that say, try new things. Uh, and if you want one of those shirts, you can jump over to trynewthings.shop and order one of these shirts for yourself. But one of the, one of the, when they said that, my, my ears perked up and, and I, I was like, yes, I like the idea of trying new things. Please tell me more. And they said, for our opening general session at our large event, we're going to do away with having a keynote speaker. Now, my ears perked down at that point. I was like, wait, wait, I am not in favor of not having keynote speakers. Uh, for lots of reasons, I think the keynote speaker is greatly important. But what they told me they wanted to do is they wanted to find a way to tap into the brilliance of the members and the, the sponsors and the vendors and, and the partners within their industry because thousands of people come to their large conference and they know that all of these people have such amazing experience. They wanted to find a way to tap into that. And instead of having some best-selling author stand up on stage and talk about his latest book, they wanted to have the members share the most important answers to the hardest hitting questions in their industry. But they weren't exactly sure how to do this. Many of us have been to meetings where lunchtime will be what they call sort of a birds of the feather lunch. And, and you walk into the room and you go through the buffet, there will be topic cards sitting up on table tents in the middle of tables. And one might be about marketing, one might be about uh, hiring the right employees, whatever the burning questions are for that particular industry. And people can just sit down at that table and they can talk about those topics. Well, we've all seen those events and oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes they fall flat. They even try it sometimes where they have moderators at the table, but people tend to just go off and have side conversations. They finish their meal and they leave. NTA wanted to do something better. They wanted to have a focused, facilitated discussion around the burning issues of their industry and kick their conference off with getting people focused on learning from each other. And they asked me if I was willing to play. And I like nothing more from my clients than when they say, we want to do something different. Are you willing to play? So together we put our thinking caps on. They told me what their initial ideas were. I told them where I thought that would work and might not work. And together we got so excited that they actually brought me in to be the facilitator of this. 
But instead of trying something like this at a large event, because that can be risky, we piloted it at their smaller event they do in the spring. That event has a couple of hundred people, and the event is known for being a place where people just sort of roll up their sleeves and have deep conversations. So we did an opening session. It was a couple of hours long. And what we did was I started with what I call the pre-note. The pre-note's a term I sort of invented. It is usually when someone wants to hire me to speak at their event, but they already have a keynote speaker. So I do a short version where I talk about whatever the key topic is, and it sets up the day. In many cases, it even sets up the celebrity speaker who they've already hired. It's usually about 15 or 20 minutes long. So I took that concept of a pre-note, and I did a module from some work I've done in the past about how conversations lead to stronger relationships. And I tied that in to the point of being at a conference. This all comes out of my conference catalyst program that I've done for a decade. And then what we did is I launched it with the pre-note, and then people were sitting at tables, and everybody was given a question to talk about. And I got someone at every table to agree to be the scribe so they could take some notes. And then every 15 minutes, we proposed a new question. I even got them up in the middle to do sort of an exercise. But between each question that were picked through surveys that were done of their members, between each one, I ran around the room, did what I call playing going playing Phil Donahue. Now, some of you are probably too old to even remember who Phil Donahue was. He was the top talk show host before there was an Oprah Winfrey. I mean, there was an Oprah Winfrey, but we just didn't know who she was. And Phil Donahue was famous for running through the audience and asking people questions about what they thought about specific topics. And so I would run around the room and I would get each table to share out who had the most brilliant piece of information. And then I would share sort of what I saw because they had sort of prepped me about what it was in their industry that really mattered around this. Well, it went over so well, we took that to their large event in the, in the fall of this year. And it went over so well, we're doing it again at the, at the spring event and maybe again at the fall event because it's fresh and it's new. So MPA asked me to write an article about this. And I titled the article, Try New Things. And I talked about how in the meetings world, we have to be willing to shake things up. And there are risks involved. Because people are used to coming to an opening general session and sitting there and having a speaker talk for an hour, and then everybody applauds, and then they go out and have coffee and donuts. If you turn that upside down and do something different, there's the possibility that some people will not like it. However, if we want to achieve more, it doesn't matter what industry we're in, sometimes we have to turn things over and go at it from a different angle. And it worked so well. Anyway, I wrote this article for Meeting Professional Magazine. And it just came out. It's actually on page 30 of the magazine. So if you are a subscriber to Meeting Professional, it's there. Uh, soon, in a couple of days, they'll be releasing it on their blog. And I will actually put a link on the page on my tomsinger.com slash podcast, the home of cool things entrepreneurs do, uh, the page that's created for this episode. I will put a link to that article. And I really think if you work in the meetings business, you should go read it because what NTA put in behind doing this, it wasn't just hiring me although that was a good thing, uh, it, all the amount of work and thought that they put into to changing up that opening general session, it was huge. Also in 2018, I worked with another client who had a giant conference, and I was their master of ceremonies for the second year, and I had worked with them in the past. And this year they came to me and said, we have a problem at our event where people show up early because let's say doors, doors open at 8.30, but the conference starts at 9.00. They're going to have two or 3,000 people show up in their ballroom, but people tend to sit in the back, and they don't tend to come to the last minute. So this year, we want to do something different to pull people up to the front 
and get people engaged. And they said, are you willing to play with us on a new idea? Again, I sat up like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do with every single client who I work with. Let's play. And they said, we're going to create a game show. And what they did that was fascinating is they created a game show with questions about their industry. Now, these weren't hard questions. They were merely meant to get people to have to think a little and to play and then to give out prizes. And they gave out some not just crappy prizes, but really good logoed items, really nice golf shirts, some really good portfolios, some uh, like Yeti style, you know, heat resistant, cool cool preserving mugs. And they put those all in a bag. And I had like 20 or 25 items every single morning. And what we did is we let people know you had to be there early. And so doors open at 8.30, but at 8.45, I appeared not as the MC, but as sort of the host of Let's Make a Deal. Again, I'm showing how old I am. Most of you are going, I have no idea what Let's Make a Deal was, but it was a game show that took place in the 1970s where the host, Monty Hall, would run through the audience and ask people questions and then barter with them and give them cash and prizes. Well, that's what we did. And what we did is people came in and we announced, hey, if you're sitting in the front three or four rows, or they also had some tables up in the very front, then you were eligible to win these prizes. And I showed them that these weren't just crap prizes. These were really good things. So people sort of rushed to the front. And then we started the game show and we had music and we had sound and we had photos and we had questions. It was like kind of a combination of Jeopardy and maybe a couple of other shows. And uh, I ran around and people didn't even have to give it right. I was pretty loose with the prizes. They just had to play with me. And I ran around and did that. Well, every morning you would think in most cases on a three or four day event, every day you would get less people showing up for that morning general session. They had more people showing up early than ever, and they were trying to sit at the front because they wanted to get those prizes, and they wanted to share, they wanted to play, and they wanted to laugh. And I think in all industries, that's what our clientele want to do. They, they want to have an experience, and you can't have an experience if you're doing the same thing every single time. And my last example happened a couple of years ago, and this is something that I just thought of today that, oh my God, why am I not doing this with more clients that are bringing me in, especially when I'm being the MC and the closing keynote, which happens once in a while. And what I did a few years ago for a client was on the second day, I let everybody know that on the third day, I was going to be their keynote speaker. So they'd already known me as their master of ceremonies for two days. They had two what I would call sort of celebrity best-selling author type keynote speakers. And I told them that tomorrow I was going to talk to them about the power of people in a world where we're all stuck on our phones, where a like, a link, a share, and a follow really don't mean that we have a friendship. And I said, let's think about networking. And on their chairs, everybody had a half sheet of paper. It had my name on it. It had the name of the keynote. And yet there was a blank area. And I told people, what is your most burning question in a world where we all are clicking our way to relationships, what's your most burning question about networking? And I told them they had till lunchtime to turn them in at the registration desk, or they could come and find me at the break or during lunch and ask me that question directly. And then I was going to write the keynote overnight. And people got excited about that. They got excited about the fact that they, their questions were going to craft the keynote. Now, there were about 300 people, 400 people at this conference. I told them, I really only need 10 or 15 of you to fill out the forms. 
If I get 10 or 15 people, we're going to have a great thing. We ended up getting over 100 forms. Now, granted, I was able to put them into piles that fell into about four different questions mainly, a couple of outlying ones. But then I pulled from my body of knowledge, from speeches I'd given, from books I'd written, from podcasts I'd done in the past. And I pulled together that body of knowledge. And the next day, I came out. And I came out with the stack of the questions that they had filled out on those little cards. And as I walked out, I explained to everybody how I had stayed up into the night crafting the answers around what they asked. And the entire audience leaned in. I don't think they'd ever been to a keynote that was written for them. This whole idea had come from my client. This was not my idea. This had come from the client who said, let's play. You think on your feet pretty well. You're an expert about how people connect at conferences and beyond. Are you willing to do something entirely new? And I was. And I just thought of it the other day that why am I not doing this with other audiences? Because it was so different. It was trying something new and it worked. But the people leaned in and they loved it. That's what we have to do. That's what I think we need, need to do in all of our businesses. Because meetings can be boring. Now, I don't care what industry you work in. Take a step back. There's a lot of stuff about your industry that is routine. There are a lot of people who are caught in ruts. And whether it's at your conference or whether it's the way you work with your customers, do they feel that it's just the same thing every single time? That's why trying something new is so important. That's why I fully believe in try new things as my own personal motto. Go to, try, go, go to trynewthings.shop and get your own shirt. But seriously, this is something we have to do. So if, you, if, if you've listened to this and you're thinking, yep, my business doesn't shake things up enough. We don't try something new. We don't try new things. Then what I'm going to ask you to do is to find a little way to shake something up that will surprise and wow your audience. doesn't matter what your audience is. You could be a lawyer who serves clients who has to shake up the way you interact. Do you only call your clients when it's time to bill them? Do you only send them anything that's not a bill when you send them a Christmas card? Maybe that's the way you shake it up. And one of the best ways to figure out, well, what can I do is ask the vendors who work with your industry. In my world, I think the smartest meeting professionals, the people who organize these big conferences, I think the smartest ones are the ones who ask their vendors, not just their speakers, but their hotel, uh, their hotel contacts, their transportation people, the people who do their audiovisual, the people who build their stages. I think the smartest ones are the ones who say, can you play with me? What have you seen? What can we do differently? And all of a sudden, an idea comes in. You don't have to copy it exactly. An idea comes in and you go, oh, that's perfect. What if we did it like this? And you move it around. So ask your vendors what you think you can do. And then ask them that magic question. Are you willing to play with me to make this happen? You're quickly going to find out who the best vendors are. Because I think the best vendors that you work with in any industry are the ones who say, I'm willing to take this risk with you. Let's try something new. Let's try new things. So thanks for tuning in to this episode. Hey, before I go, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode because these shows wouldn't happen if it wasn't for my friends at Podfly Productions. So this episode was brought to you by Podfly. They take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people 
and wait till you hear Thursday's show that's coming up in just two more days, you want to make sure that you check out episode 433, where I interview Zach Benson. Zach is a young guy who was actually on uh, So You Think You Can Dance. And so he's got moves, but he started a business where he helps people, uh, he helps hotels and other uh, travel industry uh, uh, brands get more views, get more traction. And he travels the world on other people's money. You got to hear his story. So it's people like that that I interview. Could never do these interviews if it wasn't for the great production work that Podfly does. So if you want to learn more about starting your own podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. As I said in the beginning, if this is your first show, thank you for coming. If this is your 432nd show, wow, send me a note. Let me know that you've listened to all of them. Even if you feel like you've listened to all of them, uh, let me know that you're actually out there and that you're finding some value off this show. And then do me a favor. Go tell a friend. Almost everyone who reaches out to me, I ask the question, how did you ever find my show? Almost everyone tells me somebody else told me about it. It's very rare that people find it organically or find it through social media. Almost everybody says, my dad listened to your show or my sister listens to your show or my boss made everybody listen to that one episode that was about our industry and I've kept listening. So go tell a friend. And as I said before, go leave a review. That would be awesome. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days, but I'm going to challenge you. Go try new things. And while you're at it, Have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.